Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Ken Holland saying uh, during his availability that uh, I want our fans to know my players are devastated. They're devastated for themselves. They're devastated for the fans. But we're going to get off the mat and we're going to get back at it in September. And when Ken Holland took the job, he said it was about getting the opportunities, getting the swings, getting the at-bats. And the Oilers have had two extended runs. And Ken took over at Tino's 25th. In the last four years, Edmonton's got 12th, 11th, 11th, and 6th. And it played five playoff series, but ultimately came up short against the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, one of the discussion points is goals against. This text comes to us from Mike on the Ashley Pine Floors text line. Bob, the team played well enough to win. Skinner didn't. If he gave the Oilers a 905 save percentage, it could have been different. And the team wouldn't have had to have scored four or five goals a game to win in the playoffs. Uh, and Mike adds, I hope the move, I hope the NHL moves the Coyotes to Quebec City. Mike. There's no chance, and you know what, that that's going to happen. I'm going to tell you that right now. In spite of the fact that I would have complete confidence, uh, the Ramparts are playing right now in the QMJHL playoffs. They're averaging like 18,000 fans a game. I'd have complete confidence that they could support an NHL team in Quebec City. I just don't see it happening. Uh, we'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates too. Roos Chris Steakhouse, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue and tell Chris and Chef Eltaf that Oilers Now sent you. Roos Chris is open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 until close. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino, he's playing a little bit hurt today, but he's going to join us. It is Mark Spector for GenStar. Find your peaceful oasis tucked away in northeast Edmonton with Crystalline and Nira, a GenStar community. Hello, Spec. How you doing? Doing okay, Bobby. How you doing? Well, you know what? I mean... It's hard when you can't impact, uh, you know, we work in the toy department of life, you and me. I mean, we did a show together, what, 20, it's over 20 years ago now. And we used to talk about this, but in our roles, you're not impacting the course and direction of a team. Uh, you have the privilege to watch it. And in, in my case, I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group. Obviously, I'm from Edmonton. I want to see the team be successful. I could see the pain etched on the players' faces immediately following the game and almost the resignation on their faces yesterday when I watched the video because I was on the air during the show. I had my own interviews spec with uh, a couple pending UFAs with Derek Ryan and Nick Bugstead. They, we heard from some of the core guys, McDavid and Drysettle, and you heard Ken Holland just say, you know, it's devastating when you don't get that champion. Only one team gets to win. But, Mark, at the end of the day, we're in a way better place right now at this organization than we were four or five years ago, and I don't think that should be lost on anybody. Yeah, no, you know, everyone is ready. Like, one of the things about being around the Edmonton Orders is there's been all those – there was a lot of years there where there really wasn't any progress. And and it makes you say, oh, my God, it's been so long since they've been a good team that can win the Cup. But – I think you have to be able to compartmentalize a little bit, Bob. You have to sort of knock it down to Ken Holland's time here to say that, you know, it's been four years. I know that there's been 25 years of not winning, but you can't count all those years and say, oh, my God, it's been forever. 
they're in Ken Holland's time. It's fairly, you know, it's very clear. They're moving up. They're getting better. They got a chance every year. I, I liked his quote today where he said that, uh, you know, the team that lost to the orders in the first round in 2006, uh, won the cup in 2008 was pretty much the same team. And really that's what you're doing here is you're just, you know, it's, uh, I agree with Ken when he talks about the at bats, when he talks about showing up every year, uh, the same players, you could put this same team on the ice next year, almost to a man, and uh, they could win it all, in my opinion, because they're going to be smarter and they're going to be a little more attentive to defense and they're going to listen to Matthias Ekholm all season when he says, look, sometimes we've got to gut this thing out and win 2-1, to one, right? And Stuart Skinner is probably going to be a better goalie next year. So it's there. We're just waiting for the last part of the Sunday here. Yeah, and you know, Mark, I mean, at the end of the day, and I put the tweet out yesterday on Skinner, he had such a great year. The team doesn't have a season in the regular season that they had without Stuart Skinner because Jack Campbell had a tough campaign. I mean, Jack Campbell was over minus 20 in goals saved above expectation. That worked out to about a five or six win swing. Like, if he'd given the Oilers average goaltending, the Oilers come in first and have home ice against the Vegas Golden Knights. And But at the end of the day, Skinner played a huge part in, in helping keep the teams alive. Mark, the team was 21-18-3 on January 9th. On January 10th, I did the show from Los Angeles. 60% of the people texting the show said no blank and way the Oilers were making the playoffs. From In the final 40 games of the season, the team had the best record in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And Skinner was a massive part of that, but he didn't get back to that level in the playoffs. Nope. The moment was a little too big for him. And saying that, I have complete confidence that he's going to grow and become a better goalie because you and me witnessed this before in our lifetime. And frankly, with a goaltender with a higher pedigree than Stuart Skinner, and that was Grant Fear in 81-82. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right? Like, we've seen this happen before to goaltenders when they get their first playoff experience. Hey, Bobby, the tree only grows so fast, right? Yeah. Stuart Skinner, Stuart Skinner had an awesome season. And I think one of the best things to come out of this year for the Oilers is you're looking at a guy that, I mean, there's no promises here. There's no for sure. But I think now they have their Thatcher Demko, their 10-year goalie that they drafted and developed, right? They have their, you know, will he be as good as Connor Hellebuck? I'm not telling you that he will, but I'm not going to tell you that he can't be. So that's the good news. I'm gonna, I think something that's got to be out there, though, and, and I was a little disappointed in Woodcroft's answer today at the press conference, is they misread that situation. You know, Skinner never started 12 games in a row all season, but he did in the playoffs. They overplayed a young goaltender yeah. who wasn't able or ready or whatever it was for the task, and he ran out of gas clearly in the thing. I'm not saying that's the only reason they lost, but they left – an option on the bench in Jack Campbell that we'll never know if he could have helped them win. The, that was misread by Jay Woodcroft. Uh, that's a and young Dustin's, coach. It, it is the goalie coach has no, no, no. It's the head coach's job to make that call, Bob. I know he takes. I know he takes. He always talks to the goalie coach. Right, but you. Would, but it's the head coach's job to yeah, make that. And call. I'm not trying to hang Dustin out here. I'm just saying that I believe. Jay has trust in no. Justin's judgment too, here, well, right? So if Dustin thought that, then I think history tells us he was wrong too. And listen, well, we all make I, decisions we're wrong on, but whoever made the decision to stick with Skinner twelve in a row, it was a mistake. And there's no going back on that. Mark, it was I, a mistake. I, you can figure out who I talked to. Two coaches in the Pacific this year 
one former NHL head coach all called me on the day we flew back from Vegas uh, as we got ready on Saturday, Saturday morning. Thought to him Saturday morning. All thought Jack Campbell should have. One of the comments was Jack Campbell would be a higher risk, but at this stage, a greater reward because they thought Stewart didn't look sharp. They thought he looked oh, fatigued. He ran out of gas, Bob. When you get pulled in three or four, you've run out of gas. Now, the other, a, a couple other things here. I mean, we had a pairing in Nurse and CeCe, and Cody had a, Cody CeCe had a real good first year at Edmonton. I think we can agree on that. He made a lot of people forget about, like, he outplayed Adam Larson. Adam Larson's first year in Seattle versus Cody CeCe's first year in Edmonton. Cody CeCe was pretty damn good at $3.25 million. This year it wasn't close. Larson was a major part of Seattle's turnaround. And Cody, and I know he had some core injuries, but him and Darnell Nurse struggled uh, 5v5, especially once they weren't playing with Connor McDavid uh, in the playoffs. And they got victimized, and the Oilers switched a little bit of their D-zone coverage back and kept the wingers up high and, and kind of played a 3v3. And there were some struggles with that in terms there were way too many open players in slots. So as much as you say Skinner should have bailed them out, there were some challenges throughout the lineup. And I think that that's something that's not just Skinner. I think we can both agree that the team conceptually has to play with a little bit better structure. The entire team, a little bit better structure and process in their own zone. Oh, yeah. Like, two things. Don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming it all on Skinner. Skinner got tired and worn out. He's a young goalie. It's not even his fault. It's the fact that it happened that it wasn't recognized. That's what I'm saying. Yes. I'm not blaming okay. Skinner. I'm blaming someone for not recognizing that. Uh, as for team defense, there's two sides to this thing. That you know, We've had a long, we've spent a lot of radio time, you and me, talking about a focus on defense here. And I thought Ekholm put it best yesterday when he said, it seemed like we needed to score. When we won, we had to score four to win. And you can't win in the playoffs when you have to score four to win. The Edmonton Oilers allowed one goal in both their wins against Vegas. They allowed five goals on average in their four losses to Vegas. You allow five in the playoffs. You don't deserve to win. You don't deserve to win. So, you know, let's let's focus down on one defenseman here who comes billed as a defensive defenseman. Cody Cece is like a a 10-point-a-year player. He's a defensive defenseman. His entire reason for being on your roster is to keep pucks out of your net and be a stalwart defensively. He was nothing like that this year. What's he make? Three and a quarter, I believe, right? Yes, he got him and Nurse got cratered against. Right, they got cratered. So Nurse is Nurse. We know who Nurse is. He's here forever and he's a good player. He does a lot of things right, but I think he needs a certain player to play with him. And, And if you're going to put a defensive player with Nurse and then sort of the guy who says, I'm going to outlet to you, Darnell, and you're going to take it up ice and you're going to be more offensive, to me that's a little risky. But if you're going to do that, that guy better be a hell of a defensive defenseman. And Cody Cece was not bad. Yeah. Right? Cody Cece didn't get me any points and he didn't defend well enough. He didn't have a very good year. And I'm looking hard at that if I'm Ken Holland. The same way I'm looking at Kyler Yamamoto who – if, if you're in my top six, you've got to get a lot more points than that. And if you're not going to get those points, you better be darn good defensively. Kyler Yamamoto was neither. He needs to find something he does really well and yeah. do it. Uh, if you're going to give me a guy that scores that little in my top six, Bob, I want him to be six foot four and a good defender. Yeah, I, there's there's no question that you spent that much, 16 minutes a game, basically playing with one of the two best centers in the league. You, yep, you can't, you can't be outscored by a 36-year-old Derek Ryan who nope. plays 10 minutes a game and scores more goals than you. 
Yep, on the fourth line. Right, and so uh, quick hitters uh, for you. Uh, Mark Spector joining us right now. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. Sportsnet spec for GenStar. Ken Holland talked about the pain. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, Holland's got a year left in his deal. I, I think we both think he's done a, a, a pretty good job. I, You know, I don't think there's any debate about that. He, I think he's got things steered in the right direction. I still think there's... Uh, room for progression and growth there and is there uh, from your sense is there a plan for succession based on what you heard from Ken Holland today well he didn't say that it's for sure Steve Stales but I think we're all agreeing on that though Frank Cervalli thought it was going to happen this coming season obviously according to Ken Holland it's not happening this season but we've both seen Steve around Today, Ken Holland said he's going to give him more duties that an assistant general manager yeah. would have. Yeah. Look, I'm looking at their uh, – Ken. we know how Ken works. He did it in Detroit. He brought in Sean Horkoff, right? He brought in Chris Draper. He brought in Dan Cleary. He brought in Kirk Maltby. All those ex-players worked under Ken, and some of them have turned into development guys. Some of them turned into scouts. I think of all those guys, it's probably Sean Horkoff's the closest to maybe on the GM track. Is that fair? Uh, and here in Edmonton, he's brought Steve Steos in and made him, yep. you know, Steve's, uh, you and I travel with the team. Steve's hanging around Ken Holland a lot. He is, he, is, he is privy to every bit of GMing that happens on this team. Steve's really smart. He proved he can do it in junior. Uh, we all know he's a hell of a guy, but that's that's less of a factor than anything. Former Oiler, uh, intelligent as the day is long. This guy is absolutely, if he doesn't GM here, Bob, he's going to GM somewhere else. And I suspect this might be a little bit like Woodcroft, where where maybe when they pulled the trigger on Dave Tippett, part of it was, look, we got to get Woodcroft up here before somebody snaps him up. Wow. And that was a wise decision, and I suspect the same will go with Steve Steos. Ken Holland may step down a tad earlier than he would normally just to make sure that Steve Steos gets the job here. So, Mark, as you know, in January 2019, uh, when the Oilers ultimately relieved Pete Shirelli of his duties, I put a tweet out that day and listed uh, two guys at the top of the list were Kelly McCrimmon and Chris McFarland. Um and right away got feedback from people in Vegas saying, you're not getting Kelly. Did they say right. that? And I go, okay. They did the and they same said, thing there. And, and, they, and they said, because we're promoting yeah. them. And in Chris McFarland's case, as you know, last year when Colorado was in the playoffs, story got out that the uh, Avalanche had refused to allow teams to interview uh, McFarland. So we knew he was, this is, this is common mm. practice. The strong likelihood in Ottawa is that Michael Andelauer will be ultimately the next owner of the Ottawa Senators. And who did Steve Stales work for for eight years in Hamilton with? Michael Andelauer. Mm. So okay. that's part of the reason why, I, I, if I'm reading between the tea leaves there, why we, we might see a little bit of an accelerated process. But the fact is the Oilers management group has taken a little bit of a change. Keith Gretzky's gone from amateur scouting to running the farm team. Brad Holland... Um, who's certainly a student aware of analytics and video, uh, has yes. taken on, uh, you know, uh, basically Archie Henderson retired. He was 65, and and Brad Holland's, you know, taken that on in his early 40s, and, and he's currently over at the World Championships right now. So, um, you know, Bill Scott does the 
uh, cap stuff, and then Tyler Wright's sort of amateur and uh, player personnel stuff. So will it be? It has already evolved a bit since Ken Holland came here. It's going to be intriguing to see what happens. I'm going to give you some quick hitters, okay? Uh, so uh, Bouchard, cap? Uh, or are we looking at a uh, bridge deal for Bouchard? Well, the cap being a capped out team, if I'm his agent, the number that Ken Holland's going to give me on an eight-year deal isn't going to be big enough. I don't think they can afford in their cap to sign him to an eight-year deal. So, yes, I suspect they'll bridge him. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking mid-threes. Uh, I mean, he had an unbelievable no – right. no surprise for Mark. He's going to – on that power play with what his shot provides and his yeah. ability to move the puck – he is going to put. I'm, I'm here to tell you right now. He's going to probably put up 60 points next season. I mean, he, yeah, he's going to be an expensive defenseman one day. The Oilers can't afford that quite that expense yet. Uh, and I, like I say, if I'm his agent and they go, we'll Jeff give you Jackson's five million. Agent. That's Connor's yeah. agent, by the way. Yeah, so. if I'm giving you five million a year for eight years, I'm looking at you and saying, my guy's going to be making more than that in three years, pal. So let's do a shorter deal. Yeah, uh, McLeod in the sort of Isaac Lundstrom range, you know, like around one eight to two million on a three year. Does that make sense? Yeah, they owe him a little bit of a favor from last year. You remember that? Yep. You remember that he took one for the team. So he's not a hugely expensive player, but he will be one of the. Very first to be taken care of this year and should be bought. Costin, restricted free agent. You, if you can get the number reasonable, do you bring him back? Yeah. What's his? What's he at right now? Seven fifty. I mean, you got to yeah, figure. You, 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 you probably figure he's starting at one. I would think he starts sure. at a one on a one year. Deal. He doesn't make a ton of money because he's really a fourth line player. Okay. And I, there are no fourth line players that are worth two million dollars, Bob. Okay. They all have to be right around one, or you find somebody else. All right, Yanmark uh, played 14 minutes a game this year. He's 1.25 million. Do you bring him back? Uh, that's a good question. I got to find room for Holloway somewhere, Bob. Yeah, well, but you mentioned Yamamoto. The, yeah, well, when the playoffs start, I sure like having Yanmark on my team. I'm a uh, listen, it was a brutal playoff for him this year. He got hurt game one of both yeah. series. I like Jan Mark a lot. I like the older depth guy a lot. So if I feel like I can make room for Holloway by moving Yamamoto, then I keep Jan Mark, yes. Okay, because, uh, I mean, in that situation, Holloway's playing on the top six. Uh, Nick Bukestead. He's probably, I mean, he was scrambling for a deal, got, went to the right place in Arizona, got some playing time, scored 17 goals. He's a six foot six right shot center. He's around 54% in the circle in the faceoffs. Um, it's interesting. He said yesterday with me on Oilers Now while you guys were doing uh, McDavid and Dry Settle, he said that, you know, this team's got a chance to win the Stanley Cup, and he specifically stated three years over the next three years. I thought to myself, hmm. Uh, that might be a term like that might make sense. What what would make sense on him on, say, a two- or three-year deal? Because I think he's going to be able to get that out there in the marketplace. But for the Oilers, what do you think would make sense on him? Well, this is a guy who's going to have to make less. And we're talking by, you know, 150000 He's going to have to make less in Edmonton than he could make somewhere else. And you're going to say to him, Nick, you're a veteran guy whose career is coming close to an end. This is where you're going to win the Stanley Cup. This is what we got for you. And we have a job for you. I got a two-year deal on the table. If you think, you know what, you can go off and make more in Anaheim. You can go off and make more in Vancouver. But if you want to win a Stanley Cup, this is what we got for you. We'd love to have you. And Derek Ryan. That's another guy. What a, what a useful player, hey? Bring him back? 
Oh my goodness! On a one-year deal, I bring him back. Yeah, for sure. He's he's. I think so. Like, who's pressing for those jobs, Bob? Who's? Well, I mean, Lavoie's probably going to have to clear. Is he way ready? Up. I don't think so. I I can tell you, I had the guy that the pro scouts asked me the most about in the final month of the season was Noah Philp when we were on the road. Ironically, okay. enough, you know, he but, went up. He but, went up. You know, it's going to be intriguing to watch him carrying forward. I'm in, I'm in win a cup now mode, Bob. Who's going to help me win a cup now? Uh, a kid coming out of the minors that's never played a game or Derek Ryan? Well, I think we both know the answer to that. Mark, maybe it spoke volumes about Edmonton that the best forward about getting the puck out of his own zone on the wall was Derek Ryan, 36, yeah. the smallest forward. Told you a little right while well, him and Yamamoto the smallest. Spec, uh, we're going to do this again. Uh, thanks for joining us and gutting it through, okay? All right, buddy. Thanks, man. You bet. That's Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec, brought to you by GenStar. Find your peaceful oasis tucked away in northeast Edmonton with Crystalina Nera at GenStar Community. Uh, it is currently 12.54 in Edmonton. We'll take a three-minute break. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Chad. It's 12.57 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. This text comes in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, I'm not moving Yamamoto. He kills penalties. He has better mitts than Fogel, and both Settle and McDavid like him on their wing. Next year is a contract year. I also guarantee you he'll be ready next year. Unlike this year, uh, he will be ready. While he had issues, in fairness, he don't forget, he suffered a whiplash hit. But it was a tough year. Randy says, Bob, Derek Ryan uh, needs a two-year deal a la Devin Shore's last deal. At league replacement dollars, cost in two years at D. Ryan's current deal at 1.25. Shore walks. Yanmark, same deal as last year. Bukestead, 1.5 times two. And he says McLeod, 1.6. Randy, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, McLeod's going to get more than 1.6. Bukestead, I think that's in the range. Um... I think Ryan probably, if I'm him, I'm looking for at least a million. I mean, he made 1.25 this year and scored 13 goals and went plus nine. It is, in theory, a meritocracy. He should be rewarded uh, for that. Uh, And you're asking him to take a significant pay cut instead of a subtle pay cut. We will go off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn when we come back for Wow Factor Desserts. Brian Lott, you're listening to Oilers Now. 